It is Monday, September 2nd, and this is The Rally. Hey everybody, Adam Giardino with you, and it all comes down to today. The Rail Riders won yesterday, which means that coming into today, they can do no worse than forcing a one-game playoff for the IL North Division title against Syracuse tomorrow. The Rail Riders have a 12.05 first pitch today on Labor Day to wrap up the regular season. Should the Rail Riders win, they're in. Should Syracuse lose against Rochester, and the Rail Riders win the title as well. Should the Rail Riders lose and should Syracuse knock off Rochester, Syracuse would come down to PNC Field tomorrow for an afternoon ball game, one game playoff between the Rail Riders and the Mets to decide the IL North Division. Yesterday, the Rail Riders' offense exploded, scoring 15 runs on 16 hits, and it very nearly wasn't enough. They opened up a nice early lead on Anthony Kay. And the Southpaw, who hadn't been scored upon much in his time with the Buffalo Bisons, gave up nine early runs. Buffalo struck for a first run, but then in the bottom of the first inning, a walk, a single, and a walk loaded the bases, where a fielder's choice ground out eventually played it a run and a wild pitch helped the cause as well. So the Rail Riders led 2-1, but that went into the second, and Buffalo got a leadoff home run from Andy Burns. That came off of rehabber Luis Severino who went an inning plus on 33 pitches and two runs, both earned runs, and a couple of strikeouts for Seve. But the offense picked him up. In the bottom of the second inning, the Rail Riders got the benefit of a leadoff error, allowing Zach Zaner to reach, a flyout, a single, and an infield single loaded the bases. And that brought up Edwin Encarnacion, who was promptly plunked by a pitch. And the Rail Riders, they had a 3-2 lead. But then Bravik Valera struck out, and Anthony Kay was one pitch away from escaping with his team trailing by just a run. But up came Eric Kratz. 3-1 to Kratz. Line drive towards center field. One run's going to score. Trey Ambergy being waved home. It's a two-run single for Eric Kratz. Burns scores. Ambergy crosses. And the Rail Riders add on another tally here in the inning. 5-2 Scranton-Wilkesbury, bottom half of the second inning. So that made it 5-2. And the next man up, with two runners still aboard, was Mandy Alvarez. Here's the 1-1 to Mandy. Lined it out towards right field. Has some carry on the way back. Roman Fields, warning track. Wall, it's out of here. Carries to the second row of the railhouse. A three-run homer for Mandy Alvarez. And Scranton Wilkesbury breaking things out in a big way against Anthony Kay. So a six-run second inning made it a comfortable 8-2 lead going into the third, but the Rail Riders weren't done there. Billy Burns had a two-out bases empty double, and that set up the next man, the man at the top of the order, Trey Ambergy. 1-2 to Ambergy, ripped into left field to base hit. Burns around third, he comes in to score as the ball rattles to the corner. Ambergy turns first and is into second, standing with an RBI double. And the Rail Riders make it a 9-2 lead in the bottom of the third inning. So it was 9-2 through three innings for the Rail Riders and Buffalo. They rallied. They scored twice in the fifth, twice in the sixth, a run in the seventh, a run in the eighth, and four runs in the ninth inning. Buffalo put 12 runs up off of Rail Riders pitching, but just enough offense down the stretch gave the Rail Riders a 15-12 victory capped by Gosuke Kato's two-run home run in the bottom of the eighth inning, his 11th of the year. A game that featured 27 runs on 27 hits took three hours and 29 minutes to complete before 8,024 fans on a beautiful Sunday afternoon in music. As mentioned, the Rail Riders 
going into tomorrow can do no worse than forcing a one-game playoff Tuesday at PNC Field. Yesterday, a Sunday, and that means we have our look around the system with reports from all four levels, Matt Dean in Charleston, Nick Flamia in Tampa, John Moses in Trenton, and our very own Adam Marco here in Scranton-Wilkes-Barre. Without further ado, one final time in 2019, take it away, Matt Dean. With this look at the Charleston River Dogs, I'm Matt Dean. The River Dogs have played their best baseball of the year down the stretch, even while out of the playoff chase, just finishing up a 19 and 10 month of August, while sitting at 72 and 66 overall on the year heading into Sunday. This week, left fielder Kanan Smith was named a South Atlantic League postseason All Star, marking the third River Dog in the past three seasons to be tabbed among the top 11 position players in the circuit, joining Estevan Florial and Chris Giddens. I think it was awesome. It meant a lot. You know, some of those guys are future big leaguers, and some of those guys are going to be playing this game for a long time. You know, I made great friends, and, you know, I'm just happy to be a postseason all star and bring it back to Charleston, you know, end it on a good note. Regardless of his play, the final two games, the Rockwall Texas product will finish the season batting over 300, making him just the sixth player in Charleston's franchise history to finish above the three-century mark while adding double-digit homers and stolen bases. He joins Tyler Austin as just the second to do so since the Riverdogs have been a Yankees affiliate going back to 2005. Of all those three accomplishments, Smith might be most proud of his 15 stolen bases on the year, which he celebrated on Friday night by flashing numbers one and five to his own dugout after taking his second base of the game. A lot of people didn't think I can get 10, so my goal was to get 10. And then when I got to like 11, 12, I was like, man, you know what, I'm going to get 15, just to know, just so for the all the people out there who don't think I can get 10. So I think it was awesome, you know, achieving that. Can't thank Julio enough and Cisco for working with me every single day. You know, there's something I can just add to my game and bring me more value. The River Dogs take on the drive in their penultimate contest of the season on Sunday evening at 5.05. Right-hander Rowansi Contreras takes the ball, looking to win his fifth straight start. The 19-year-old has run a 1.98 ERA over his past 10 outings. With this look at the River Dogs, I'm Matt Dean. With the Tampa Tarpons, I'm Nick Flamia. The Tarpons wrapped up a four-game series in Jupiter with a 7-1 victory over the Hammerheads on Thursday night to win the series, taking three out of four. Prior to the game, however, the Florida State League announced that due to Hurricane Dorian approaching the state, all remaining games, including the postseason, would be canceled. Outfielder Esteban Florial finished the regular season on a high note, going 3-for-5 with a double, two RBI, and three runs scored in the finale. After breaking his wrist during spring training this past March, Florial did not begin play with the Tarpons until June. The 21-year-old hit just 198 that month, but improved going forward, hitting 250 in July and 258 in August. Right-hander Glenn Otto started and picked up the win on Thursday, yielding one run on five hits in five and a third, walking one and striking out seven. Otto, along with righty Daniel Bees and catcher Donnie Sands, will now be heading to the Arizona Fall League, where they will join former Tarpon slugger Brandon Wagner and current Charleston outfielder Josh Stowers. First baseman Dermis Garcia and right-hander Miguel Yahuri were named FSL postseason All-Stars this week. Before suffering a season-ending foot injury, Garcia was a midseason All-Star and Home Run Derby champion this year. The 21-year-old hit 247 with a career-high 17 home runs and a career-high 54 RBI in 75 games with Tampa. Yahuri was promoted to Double A Trenton last week. The 21-year-old ranked tied for first in the league with 122 strikeouts, second in ERA at 2.26, and second in WHIP at 1.08, while starting 18 of 22 games played with Tampa giving the Yankees a reason to save him from the Rule 5 draft. For one final time in 2019, this has been Nick Flamia with the Tampa Tarpons.
With the Trenton Thunder, I'm John Moses. Thunder play out the string on their regular season this weekend against the Reading Fighting Phils, who on Friday night clinched the second half title and a playoff berth to face off with Trenton in the Eastern Division Championship Series beginning on Wednesday next week. Earlier this week, right-hander Miguel Yahure made his double-A debut at New Hampshire and combined with his start on Saturday against the Fightins has thrown 11 innings, allowing just one run, two walks, and 11 strikeouts. Maneuvering through a lineup he's slated to face again in Game 3 of the Division Series, Yahure retired 16 of 18 to begin his outing on Saturday night, including a strikeout of rehabbing Phillies outfielder Jay Bruce. Catcher Francisco Arcia caught both of his outings this week and reflected on Yahure and the stable of young arms currently at the upper levels of the Yankees minor league system. I love how they work, how how they look, like the maturity look in the mouth, how they they control the game by themselves. Um, you know, we got a lot of talent here. We just see in a couple of years we're going to see a lot of new faces in big league. I don't know if it's going to be with the Yankees, with other teams, but I know, I know he, they're going to be in big league soon. First of all, he impressed myself when I saw how mature he looked and his routine, you know. Um, he got a like, really good talent in the mouth. I just let, tell him, like, let me, you know, follow me, um, let me do the things behind the play, um, you're going to be good. The Thunder and Fighting Phils begin their playoff series on Wednesday and Thursday at Reading, with the final three taking place at Arm & Hammer Park. With the Thunder... I'm John Moses. With the Rail Riders, I'm Adam Marco. Heading into play on Sunday, Scranton Wilkesbury has a one-game lead in the International League North. That advantage just recaptured with a 9-4 victory on Saturday night. Both the Rail Riders and Syracuse Mets lost on Friday, remain tied for first place in the division starting play yesterday. Rail Riders took an early 3-0 lead. The Buffalo Bisons tied it with a three-spot in the top half of the third inning. Buffalo took the lead. The Rail Riders even the score and then forged ahead in their half of the fifth inning, keyed by Ghost K. Coteau and a grand slam. That one two driven deep to right field by Coteau and forget it. Into the Railhouse, a grand slam for Ghost K. Coteau. And the Rail Riders take an 8 4 lead here in the bottom of the fifth inning as Coteau crushed that one. That's Joe Vasile with the call. Rail Riders 9 4 victory. Paired with a 5-3 loss by Syracuse to Rochester means a one-game lead in the division with two games left to go. Scranton Wilkesbury plays at 105 on Sunday. With a victory, can guarantee at least game 141, a play-in game against Syracuse on Tuesday night. Best-case scenario, though, is the Rail Riders win, and Rochester at 605 beats Syracuse, giving Scranton Wilkesbury its fourth division title in the last five years. Helping the cause on Sunday? The anticipation that Luis Severino will make a rehab start and Edwin Encarnacion will join the Rail Riders as well. Two big league rehabbers in the second to last game of the 2019 regular season. With the Rail Riders, I'm Adam Marco. A big, big thanks to those guys for getting their reports into us each and every week this season. And thanks to you for making the rally part of your day today. Scranton, Wilkes-Barre and Buffalo wrap up the regular season with a game at 12.05 today, pregame coverage begins at 11.35 on the Rail Riders Radio Network, the TuneIn Radio app, and on the MILB First Pitch app as well. I'm Adam Giardino. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Adam Giardino, G-I-A-R-D-I-N-O. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you later this morning.